everyone has a personal brand, whether they like it or not. It's their job to decide, are they going to tell their story or let people gossip and rumor about them? Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, Reels, Threads, free, 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 and free. You already go to work. You already do your hobby. You already do pickleball. You already go to dinner with your girlfriends. Like you already do the things Mm -hmm. and you already have the fancy phone with the fancy camera Yeah. and you already have all the platforms for free. What is your excuse? Making content about your real life. And if you don't want to show your kids, don't show your kids. Don't want to show your dogs, don't show your dogs. But showcasing the world that you go to and the things that you're doing, you're already doing it anyways. People make it too overwhelming, like they need a fancy camera or fancy editing and unicorns and fireworks to come out of their video. You just don't. Hey, it's Emily here. You know that uniqueness you have? I call it the it factor. We all have it, but some of us either really need to identify it or start to empower it. This show is all about giving you the lessons, tools, and principles I've learned after building a nine-figure sales organization, training leaders around the globe, and working alongside of some of the most influential people in this world. So now it's time to de-plug from your outside world and plug in to your new world here. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the It Factor Show. Today, I am literally sitting with a legend. Let me tell you, it was about five years ago that a great friend of mine in the entrepreneurial world started talking about this Dan Fleischman guy. You need to know this Dan guy. And throughout the past five years, I have heard so many things about him from his humble heart to the epic masterminds he's created to the countless of thousands of people that he's mentored, whether it's from afar or in person, to the over 250 stages he's been on. I've recently seen the ranch that he has built with his beautiful wife. And now, as we sit here today, he has recently received the Humanitarian Award alongside of Michael Phelps. There is just so many things about this man that I find interesting, but most of all, it's his heart to serve. And I'm so grateful that you are here today. So thank you for Why, being thank here. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Oh my gosh. How did you get so smart? Yeah. <laughs> So if you throw someone in the pool, they got to swim or die. And I just started so early that just like it's been thousands and thousands and thousands of days of just like being in these experiences, being in these rooms, asking questions, learning, like just immersing myself in it for 25 years in a row. It's just you, you have to learn. You have to learn. So you had or or, or, or you drowned. Yeah. Literally, uh, you had the youngest publicly traded company, right? You were the youngest person. I was 23. 23 years old. Okay. Expand on. I recommend it. It's a lot of work. It's $2 million in two years of paperwork to go public on average. And so I'd started when I was 17. I started my clothing line when I was 17, did a million bucks in sales. 19, we did 9.5 million bucks in sales. 23 years old, I decided I'm going to start an energy drink. Well, 21, I decided 23, we actually went public. And for two years, we're just doing all the paperwork, getting ready. Launch energy drink in 2005, and then for four years, I just don't sleep, and we get into 55,000 retail stores with the drinks. And so being public is very useful to have like you know, a public company, but the headaches and the paperwork and the things behind it is so frustrating. Mm-hmm. But you learned a lot. Yes. You learned a lot. And now how many companies do you have today? So I'm an investor in 43 companies. 
my rolling fund and my syndicate, we invested in nine more. We did $44 million in capital the last year and a half. And then I'm an advisor to, I don't know, a bunch of companies just as a friendly advisor or have some equity in them. But I only count the ones I actually put a check into, which is 43. Wow. Just wow. And recently you partnered with Aspire Tour. Yeah. Can we talk about that for a minute? Yeah. So they already have around 30, 40,000 people a year going to these Aspire Tour events, which is mind blowing. And so I have, you know, the 100 million mastermind. I have Elevator Nights, which is free. And then they have these events that are like 50 bucks to 400 bucks. They have a 15K mastermind, a 25K mastermind. So from like an Ascension model, we have free, affordable, kind of expensive, medium expensive, super expensive. Mm -hmm. So we have everything between and all complements each other. And so collectively next year, we'll have around 80,000 people. So I bought a third of the company and just scaling them from these live events, which you're speaking at in October in San Diego, mm -hmm. which is exciting with Gary Vee and Drew Brees and the whole squad. Uh, but those two or 3,000 person events will also now have 5,000, 7,000, 10,000 person events. And so I'm just helping scale the business that's already doing well for Eddie and Andrew for their company. I'm just helping scale what they're already doing and combining with my world and their world together. It just mm -hmm. becomes one big, huge massive world and there's a big charity component to it as well so i just like them in general and i'm excited yeah i'm excited you're a part of it it feels like everything you touch turns to gold has it always been that way i mean there's failures along the way uh -huh. I'm, I'm always blunt about talking about failures i'll yes. talk about lawsuits headaches good bad please ugly. um and i think people need to have more blunt discussions about the drama in the world the lawsuits people passing away people stealing ideas employees yeah. leaving like i like having the hard discussions because um, it's important for people to hear about it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of good successes because I've lived and breathed and I have a lot of blunt discussions with my founders, with the people I partner with. So if I'm investing in your pink jacket company, I'm going to talk about manufacturing, scaling, production, shipping, 3PL warehouses, your e com I'm going to talk about everything with you in advance. That's why there's a lot more successes because we have these blunt discussions openly. Mm -hmm. And if things go wrong, which things will go wrong, people, entrepreneurs feel comfortable telling it to me because I'm not going to judge them. I'm going to help them fix it. Yeah. And so that's why there's been a lot more successes and failures is that I immerse myself into these companies with the founders and I'm there to help them succeed. So good. How are you able to do all this right now? Like you're everywhere and then some, like you're flying out in three hours. Yeah. So the actual answer is group chats. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Tell me group chats. My, my life is run by group chats. Okay. So every event is a group chat. Every charity is a group chat. Every investment is a group chat. Every team is a group chat. So there's subgroup chats for things. And then every core company that I have, there's a group chat for that. And because of that, I can keep watching over a lot of different things in real time. I can see it. When I need to jump in, I jump in. When I don't need to, I can at least mm. see it and track it. Um, but it's a very efficient way for me to know what's going on with the Pink Jacket Company. What's going on with the podcast? What's going on with the charity event? I can see all these things in real time. And I know that there's all the staff and executives or whoever has to be involved is there. They are responsible with each other. Mm. They are accountable to each other. And so group chats is actually my secret. That is such a good secret and something that deeply resonated. I was listening to anything you listen to of Dan is going to be solid. And this is what I love so much about you. You give, 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 give. And I was listening to you on a walk yesterday on a podcast and you were talking, I believe, about quarterbacks and mm -hmm. You were like, if I don't have someone to run a company, I'm not going to get involved in it. And it hit me like a thousand bricks. In fact, I punched or hit my fiance, Jake, and I was like, 
because I'm a visionary. Right. And I think like I'm I'm so caught in the weeds and it is it is hindering my success. And I you said this and I was you said it talking about quarterbacks. Can you expand on that? Because you're like, I won't do it if I have to do certain things. So the, the hard part or the problem for a visionary is the shiny object syndrome. You know you could go make this pink jacket company huge. If I said, Hey, let's do pink jackets, we could make it huge. If there's not someone to run it, I don't care if you put up millions of dollars, I won't do it. Because Emily's busy. Dan's busy. If someone's not going to run that day-to-day, it's not going to work out. Or it's going to take years and years compared to if we put a CEO in place, the quarterback, the pink jacket company that Emily and Dan created is going to take off and there's someone to run it on a day-to-day basis. The problem is when people have shiny object syndrome or they're an entrepreneur or a creator, they're like, let's do this. Let's create this. Let's start this. Let's start selling mugs. Let's start selling podcast mics. Let's start selling. It's true. You could do those things, but here's the problem. If we all of a sudden start doing pink jackets together and it drags out because there's no quarterback, it takes away our time from your podcast, your business, your speaking. Emily is already busy and now there's just like this side thing happening. You can't focus on it. And so it's not going to be successful. It's not going to be as fast as it could be. And it's distracting and taking away from the things that actually make you money. Exactly. And so you're gambling on something that you don't know will ever make you money. It's going to cost you money while at the same time taking away from the thing that already know you already know makes you money. Yeah. And a lot, oftentimes you're not playing in your strength zone because like I'm not organized. I need someone else to tell me what to do. So where do you where do you find these people, these CEOs, you know? So most of them are either referrals or I kidnap them. So ah. kidnapping is the nice way of called headhunting. Um, I find them when they're with a company that's similar to what I want or similar to what I'm going to do. And they're not the CEO. They're like the number two or number three. Because what happens for number two or number three is they're capped out, right? If the CEO or president's been there for like three years, five years, six years, eight years, et cetera, they have to wait around for the success, the succession to happen this for the CEO true. to leave. Yep. The president and vice president, they're not going to kick out the CEO for them, right? When they move on, the CEO moves on, they might get that role. Might. The owners or investors might choose someone else. They might be like, oh, you know what? I'll take Emily instead. And Nobody's even heard about Emily in this in this organization. They just have been following you. The owners love you or the investors love you. And all of a sudden, hey, Emily, you become the CEO of Gatorade. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. And so the president of Gatorade is like, wait, I thought I was going to be the CEO. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? And so I will look for a, a president or a vice president and make them an offer where they're now going to get to be the CEO position, the quarterback, and they're going to get equity. So smart. I love that. You have your mastermind. What Do you have two masterminds? Yeah. Can you talk about what? Yep. So one's called Operation Black Site, which uh-huh. is at our ranch. It's 26 acres. Half of it is dedicated to animal sanctuary. And then a quarter of it's dedicated to phew, phew, you learn how to shoot. Sick. You learn how to fight. You have sea fighters. Like the guy fighting Conor McGregor is going to teach you how to fight. The guy that sh- the guy that shot Bin Laden in the face, he's going to teach you how to shoot. Like So you get these elite humans that are going to teach you how to shoot and fight. But I designed in a way that women and CEOs, et cetera, can go there and not worry about getting beat up. So you can go there and you're not going to bleed. I have one rule for all my okay, fighters and shooters. Do not hurt my, yeah, my members. You got to keep the face. <laughs> exactly. <Okay>. Moneymaker. <laughs> and so we make sure that no one's going to get hurt in that process, but they're still going to get the intense environment and situation learning from these legends and badasses. Then we have the 100 million mastermind experience. This is $100,000 per person. I started in 2019, 100 people, 100 grand each. Sold out in three months. I still think about that all the time. Like, how is that possible? Wow. 2020, in the midst of... The world shutting down, still sold out. 2021, 2022, and now going 2023. It's been four years now, and we have 100 members each year, and we cap it at that. The members range from 5 million to 50 million in sales. 
And then there's 22 instructors that all do at least 100 million in sales or spend over 100 million on ads. So that's how they get qualified as to be an instructor. And then they're the ones that are guiding and teaching uh, the members in the group. And I create these experiences. I'll rent out a whole stadium for 100 people. So cool. I'll rent out Dan Bilzerian's mansion for 100 people. And I'll bring in Mark Wahlberg, Chris Jenner, Floyd Mayweather. Like I'll bring in all these interesting characters as surprises to interview or to perform. Yeah, you're so good at the surprise and delight. What's a common uh, thread you've seen with people like bottlenecks they have that you're like, come on. Like whether it's like an entry level entrepreneur, maybe maybe just scratching seven figures. Let's start there first. It's the people around them. Ah, they don't hire enough people, and so they think they're being smart. They're like, ah, I'm saving money because I'm not going to hire someone to be the director of this, or I'm not going to hire an agency. I can do the ads in house. Okay, this agency spends two hundred million a year. They're going to be more efficient than you. Mm -hmm. You trying to do it in house is never going to be as good as them when they have all these relationships with Facebook and TikTok and whoever they're working with and whoever they're buying ads from. And they're like, oh no, I don't want to hire an agency. I don't want to pay a 20% fee. Who cares? They're going to be getting you a 5X ROI and you're worried about 20%. You're worried about 500, you're missing on 500% because you're worried about 20%. Right. And I just see this too often where they just won't spend the money on hiring the right people to help them scale their business. The other thing, they don't sell enough. Mm. Imagine just dedicated one or two hours a day where you, your staff, the whole team, volunteers, sales reps, whoever, is just selling more of your stuff. Yes. There's a famous line by Mark Cuban, sales cures all. Yes. <laughs> if one or two hours a day, you just d- did an extra two grand a day, five grand a day, one grand, hundred grand, whatever the number yeah. is for your business, think about that times 365. Yeah. It changes the whole scope of your business. Your investors will like you more, partners, clients, vendors, employees, press, mm. everybody will like you more if you have more sales. So I wish more entrepreneurs would dedicate one or two hours a day to just selling more. Mm, that's so solid. Yeah, I feel like people are very, like they, they'll just campaign. Maybe they'll just have a cycle of campaigning, but then they'll not sell. It's it's Or having them a method of follow-up even, or even just dedicating yes. two hours a day. I mean, I'm just thinking even for myself, holy moly, we're leaving a lot of money on the table over here. Right when the podcast is done, start selling. Straight up. What, what would be the first hire? Like if someone's like doing everything themselves, what would you tell them to hire out first? So the initial reaction is always like a personal assistant. I I don't love the personal assistant thing because oftentimes that can actually create more work. If you have an executive assistant that actually knows how to like, they've been with an entrepreneur, they've been like an executive assistant to an entrepreneur already. That person's really useful because then you don't have to like sit there and delegate everything to them. They can handle it themselves. Yeah. First people I like to hire is someone in sales Mm -hmm. and I want someone in customer service. I want to take away things that are time consuming to me as the founder, the entrepreneur, the busy person, the president, CEO, whatever like that role is for the entrepreneur, taking things that are time related. And the way you can figure it out is literally write out a five day period, Monday through Friday. What do you do? And don't lie. Don't fake it. Don't sugarcoat it. If you scroll through Instagram for two hours, put that down. Don't say that's busy time where I'm working. Like, like you have to actually say what you do and schedule it out. And then you'll notice, wow, an hour a day I'm dealing with accounting. Why? Why? Go find someone to deal with accounting for you yeah. an hour a day. That's 300 hours a year you're wasting. That's definitely not your strong suit. Yeah. Right? And so finding people to replace the things that are taking you one or two hours a day. And then all of a sudden, that one or two hours a day, you can dedicate to sales or creative mm-hmm. or design or whatever it is that you're good at. Mm. You are one of the most networked people I know like you have events where you just call up these people and wow, it's like your network is huge. 
can you expand like how did you get in that mindset of of creating this network yeah. did you have to get gain courage to go out there and make friends and influence others like tell I'm, me i'm pretty quiet so i'm not yeah. like out there like hey how's it going like that's I not know. actually me that's why i throw events ah. when i throw events people come to me so right good. if i go to a party i'm just dan and some people will say hi some people know me the other 70, 80, 90% won't. And so I might interact, but I'm not going to go out. I'm not an introvert or extrovert. I'm just not going to go out and be like, hey, Emily, how's it going? Yeah. Right? When I throw the event, Emily comes to me. Yes. And Emily brings her best people over to introduce me. Mm. Emily's not going to bring like, oh, this is my nephew. She's not going to do that. She's going to walk up to me like, hey, this is the founder of this. This is the person that's the president of that. She's going to come over and bring these people to me. Times that by a couple hundred. Mm. And so when I've thrown elevator nights 53 times, and I've thrown masterminds for half a decade. When I go to all these speaking events and I'm speaking, people will come to me. So I'm realizing for myself, hey, if I'm not going to be the one out there like shaking hands and kissing babies, I need to put myself in a situation where people come to me. That's what I do by speaking at stages and going and throwing my own events. That is so good. Everybody's awareness. Oh, self-awareness. Because I'm an outgoing introvert. I was well. Like I'm not that person that wants to like go and and then this is th- this little thing could be an unlock for you. Like even starting in your local network, local, local meetup. Yeah, local meetup and and literally on a Monday through Thursday. Don't do weekends. On a Monday through Thursday, people are not busy on a Tuesday night. And so if you're like, hey, we're having like a real estate meetup or a fashion meetup, a crypto meetup, a beauty and makeup meetup, a busy moms meetup, whatever the thing is. They want to go. Yeah. The busy moms want to come hang out with you. The real estate people want to hang out with you. Whatever that niche is for you, just throw a local meetup at a local restaurant or local hotel, an art gallery, a car dealership, just somewhere fun and cool. Don't spend any money. And I promise you 10, 20, 30 people will show up, then 50, then 100, then good luck. Then good luck. How do you keep rapport with all these people? So I keep them in my phone as the city that they live in and what they do. So if I'm like, Emily Ford, Orange County podcast, yeah. so I'll know like if anything comes up in the podcast world or anything comes up and I'll write speaker. So there's like a double term for you, right? Yeah. So if anything comes up in like speaking, like speaking is one of the highest paid, blah, blah, blah. I'll send you the article. Something happens in Orange County, brand new restaurant. Oh my God, this fancy new restaurant's going to Orange County. I send you the article. And so I'm having excuses to reach out to you that does nothing for me. There's no like, yeah, but it keeps an open line of communication. Otherwise... Well, just once a year, I send you a happy birthday. And then next year, 364 days later, I send you a happy birthday, right? Yeah. That's not going to be a, a real relationship. In between there, I like to send memes. I like to send articles. I like to send. And then when I go to a city, I'm like, hey, Emily, do you guys, you and your fiance want to come by? We're going to meet at this hotel. We're having like a, a meetup for 20 people. Mm. If you can make it, great. If she doesn't, I still earn brownie points because I invited yeah. you somewhere. Yeah. Right. And I do that in every city. So when I go to Dallas, New York, Miami, wherever, I'll text all the main characters like, hey, I'm going to be at this hotel or this restaurant. Usually I do it at my hotel just for convenience and because of the time. So let's say I'm staying at the W Hotel. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be here from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. on Friday. Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. I'm doing like an open-ended brunch. Sunday before I go to the airport. from, So I give them two or three options. Hard to say no. Right. right. You might be busy for some parts of it. Unless you're you're probably going to come over. I've done that for over a decade. Maybe this, longer. This is brilliant. And you're really coming at it from giving instead of getting. You know, I think like entrepreneurs, it's like they, they sometimes put out this like... You right. can, Everything's like going to be an ROI. You can feel it. Mm-hmm. I can feel it from like even this morning on Instagram. I was like, 
let me coach you how to rephrase this message because you feel like really desperate right now. <laughs> you know, that is such a good idea because again, it's like you're just adding value to people's life constantly. Right. And then they're meeting each other. If I invite Emily and there's 15 other people there and they start making friends and doing mm -hmm. business things, it all stems back to me. It all stems back. Right? Yeah. This is so good. So I, I want to know a little bit about your upbringing. Like you're beyond brilliant, dude. You just are in so many levels. Did you have like a great mom and dad? Did you go to school? Um, like, So we migrated here from a place called Riga, Latvia when I was six months old. So we grew up in Long Beach, which didn't have any money. So my parents were selling like Levi's jeans out of the back of a van. We'd do it at the swap meet every weekend. And so from four years old to eight years old, I had like a little table and I was buying and selling baseball cards, like a little miniature Gary Vee, like selling baseball Super cards. Super cool. Um, and then at eight years old, my parents got divorced. And so my older brother, he's 13 years older, stayed with my dad in Long Beach. I mean, my mom moved to San Diego and this lady was like 80 or 90 years old and we lived in her extra one bedroom in her apartment. And so same concept, I just didn't have money. And so I was just like, swim or die. And not like I needed money as an eight-year-old. I just meant like, I want to help my mom out. And I just, everything stemmed from that. Mm. And so I think that's why I still work so hard today is like, I, I think about those moments. And then as soon as I hit high school, I started working three jobs at the same time. I was at Ruby's Diner with a sailor's cap on as a host. I was at the stadium, peanuts, Cracker Jacks, uh -huh. cotton candy here. Uh -huh. And then I was working for a stockbroker under the table and he was just paying me cash on the table. And I was saving up money for 15 years old to 17 years old. I saved up $43,000 during those three years, three and a half years to go to SDSU. And I never went to SDSU Yeah, because I started my clothing brand when I was 17 and a half. And I thought $43,000 was going to be like, I got two years overhead. I'm fine. Yeah, two months later, it was all gone. Uh, so that's how it all started. It was just like, you know, watching, not the struggle. I never felt like we were struggling, but like we just didn't ever have anything or stuff. Mm -hmm. We never traveled or anything, those things. And I don't care about the stuff. Right. But also to this day, I still don't buy stuff. Yeah. I didn't have a car for the last seven years. Like I don't buy stuff. Yeah. Like I just, I think I still have like this subconscious thing about the fact of not having money back then is why. I work so hard to this date. Mm -hmm. And also why I keep my mom so close. My dad passed away. But my mom, mm -hmm. like, she was at the ranch yesterday. Like, I yeah. I try to see her or talk to her as often as I can. Mm, that's beautiful. That's so beautiful. And it taught you work ethic. And that's the thing when you don't have things handed to you, you got to go make it happen. Yes. And I deeply resonate. I was raised by a single mom as well. And people are like, where'd you get the work ethic? I'm like, because if I wanted it, <laughs> right. I had to go make it happen. Sure. Like, I what literally, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with that first business and then getting into entrepreneurship, what do you think was one of the biggest lessons that you learned? Sign contracts with everyone, including your mom. Wow. And it's not the concept you're not going to sue your mom. And I'm not even bringing up my mom in general. It's the concept of we have different opinions or our thoughts or ideas on what an agreement is. That's right. Hey, Emily, let's start pinkjackets.com together. Emily's like, great. That sounds great. And I go off and start Pink Jackets and we're working together. And then CNN calls, hey, Emily, we want you to be a host internationally, two-year contract, five million bucks a year. Emily's like, Dan, I got to go. No problem. I'm building up pinkjackets.com. We do a million bucks in sales, four million bucks in sales, 10 million bucks in sales, and two years goes by. Emily's a superstar, right? She's all over CNN, traveling the planet. She made five million bucks a year. She comes back in two and a half years, and we're doing $10 million in sales. Does Emily have 50% of that business? Mm. I can argue both ways. Right. You weren't there for any of it. I put up all the money. You were gone. 
I didn't talk to you once in two years. Right. You just left me for dead. And I just built this company without you. Right. Emily's like, well, I started the company with you. Paperwork says I have 50%. I didn't have to put any any money because we never talked about that. I didn't have to do any marketing. We didn't talk about that. See the problem? See the problem. (laughs) And so communication is the biggest thing. Like saying, hey, Emily, this is what we're going to do. This is how much we're going to do. We're going to both contribute this. Would have prevented that Mm. situation in advance. And I see that happen too often. That when someone is having interaction, you can do what's called an MOU, a memorandum of understanding. Not necessarily a contract. It just says, if I do this and Emily does this, this is what happens and this Uh is what we get. And too often we just don't do those things because we're too shy or it's like the honeymoon phase and we don't want to say that or we don't want to be blunt or... And that leads to big problems later. Oh, big problems. This like deeply resonates with me when it comes to relationships, like marriage, uh, doing business is with people, like he's saying, that you that you love. Yeah. Um, I mean, I recently just went through this with signing uh, with a book person, um, an agent. Like I was like sending my attorneys reread and reread and reread because like, what if we make this into a documentary? What if we do that? You know, but I learned the hard way with this, with even photographers using my photos or I learned this in such, you guys, like I cannot say this enough. Like you've got to have stuff written down, documents, Mm -hmm. hoof. I've had some bad experiences sure. where I'm like, what in the frick? I'm paying attorney fees. I'm like, Emily, you should have known better. Yeah. But hashtag lessons. Yeah. Hashtag lessons. Did you ever like with making this money and coming, you know, from humble beginnings, did you ever like, like th- this is what I see about you and I hear about you is like, you just have such a good heart. You're not this egotistical, crazy guy. Like, did you ever have a moment though where like you were? No. No. I, just, I, ne- I never bought stuff. Because the stuff part wasn't interesting to me. The game was interesting to me. And so do I have an ego? Of course I do. I want to yeah. be the number one of each category. Most expensive mastermind. Number one toy driver in the world. Podcast. Number, number one sports podcast. car store. Number one podcast. Like, yeah. From an ego perspective, I want the game yeah, health, of it. Yeah. But by the way, I help my competitors. When If I drop down number two or three in the podcast, I'll be pr- promoting, shouting out, doing social media stories about number one. Yeah. Because I want them to win too. Yeah. I don't have to win in that regard, but I want to be in the game. So cool. And so from an ego perspective, yes, I do have an ego, but it's about the business. It's about the game. It's about the charity. It's about the impact part of it, not about the stuff. I don't need the pat on the back. If you look at like the 100 million mastermind, I'm not on the flyers. Look at the world's largest toy drive. You don't see me anywhere. Like I don't make them about me. And those would help my personal brand in a big way. I don't make them about me because I want to be bigger than me. It's so cool. It's so cool. It motivates me so much. And I've learned a lot from you just watching you and how you conduct your life and business. And you do, you like push everybody to be better, yes. which is so freaking cool. The butterfly effect. Yeah. It, oh, it's awesome. It is so, and, and guys, when you live like that, you live at a high resonance, you live at a high frequency. Like when you truly give more, it's just, it's why you're an attraction magnet. And I think people feel so comfortable with you because you're disarming. Yeah. You know, you're the, you're the perfect blend of like, holy frick, inspiration, wisdom, but you're disarming and you don't see that blend a lot, especially at your caliber. And, you know, you just got this award. Like, can we, can we please just like talk about it? So with the humanitarian award, tell me about this. So it was interesting because it was the other people that got the big awards were all household name athletes. It's John McEnroe, it's Drew Brees, the Super Bowl champion. It's Michael Phelps with like 23 or 28 gold medals or something crazy. Like, and then there's Dan, right? And uh, and I had to go first. And so, but I saw this opportunity. There's 1,200 athletes, agents, and executives in the room. 
And so I, my speech was just like, hey, here's how you guys can do charity. Here, do not pat me on the back. Here's how you can do charity, how your staff can do it, your friends can do it, your family can do it, your followers can do it. Here's how. And I like walked them through just for a few minutes, like how they can execute on their own charities, toy drives, feeding the homeless, et cetera, in their own local communities, because the butterfly effect is what I care about. What if some of those athletes go on and do what Drew Brees did? Drew Brees has raised $50 million. Michael Phelps has helped 250,000 kids get placed in schools. What if a bunch of athletes did that? Yeah. Not just a couple that we can name. Think about the butterfly effect oh, of that. Of course. And so that's always been my goal is like, how do I get thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs to go do their own charity stuff? How do I get millions of people to go do their own micro charity related things? And if I can get 1,200 people in a room to do that, that's my goal. Why is that important to you? Because it's also solvable. And so world hunger is so fixable. I could do it tonight, like literally tonight. It's so executable, so fixable. Fixing homelessness, we could do right this second. It's just right this second. These are things that are very solvable, very fixable. The problem is dealing with government, dealing with regulations, dealing with how slow a lot of things are, and the money part of it. The money part of it is actually easy. Uh-huh. And so my goal is to showcase how we can do it in an easy fashion and remove the government part out of it. Mm. Not that I'm against a government or like some no. conspiracy theory thing. It's just they're slow. Yeah. They're self-admittedly slow. Does it like, drive you crazy? I can't stand it. Yeah. I, I, I gotta go. We gotta go. Like part of the reason I moved from Santa Monica that I loved so much was because of like the homeless and the not just homeless, but it was just like safety. Sure, my safe. girlfriend getting a home invasion, my other yep. one getting assaulted. And I was like, yep. shit, I love this spot. Now I'm leaving, yep. you know? So talk that, think about how solvable that is. You're talking about just a few thousand homeless people. You're not talking about a hundred thousand people. Right. About a few thousand people. And you think we're in Los Angeles where allegedly billions of dollars were donated last year to fix homelessness. And the government had billions of dollars just for LA County. Where? Where? You know what I could do with a couple million bucks for those people? Let alone a couple hundred million? Let alone a couple billion? What are you talking about? Like I could literally build a whole city for mm -hmm. them to mm. make them have their own homeless community. And so it's it's very frustrating because of how solvable it is. Yeah. And I'm, I've made it my life's mission to preach and promote about charity and also like showcase that how efficient I can be at charity so that when it comes time, I'm like, Hey, Emily, help me do this charity. Hey, Ed Milet, help me with this charity. Hey, blah, blah, like yeah. Amy Lima, like yeah, yeah, all these yeah. millionaires, like when it's time, I haven't asked them any of them for anything. When it's time and I say, this is how I can fix homelessness in Los Angeles, San Diego, Vegas, et cetera. Then I'm going to be like, hey, this is the time to either cut the check, yeah. donate, Let's get go. your friends together, post about it, et cetera. I'm just practicing right now and showcasing to the world. I can be efficient at charity. And that's why I also pay for everything. It's a 0% charity. Not a single dollar goes to overhead. I pay for everything for the last 11 years in a row. Wow. Because I don't want everybody to think like, oh, he's raising money for charity and there's all these executives. No, there's not. And I have all the books for it. I have all the financials for it. And so my goal is to showcase that over the course of time so that when it's time for me to actually like cure something major like homelessness or food, that people are going to trust me explicitly. So cool. So you're really creating a duplicatable system. Like it, you're you're showing people. This is... I don't know if you guys like had picked up on this, but you, you literally accepted an award and you went on to share with people how they could too. Right. He opposes the proud, humbles the great. Like, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Tell me about this charity. Like, can people get involved right now? Yeah. So we have the world's largest toy drive. It's largesttoydrive.com. We're doing 10 cities from December 2nd to December 15th. It's going to be a lot of work, <laughs> 10 different cities. We're starting off in LA. 
and then going across. So it'll be at SoFi Stadium here in LA. Uh, but this will be our 10th year. That's why we're doing 10 cities. Last year, we broke the Guinness Book World Records for the largest toy drive in history. This year, I'm going to demolish our own record to make it like absurd. But I'm going to showcase to people the whole step of the way how they can do a toy drive in their area. You don't have to donate to our toy drive. If you want to, that's great. You can throw one in Philadelphia, New Mexico, Guadalajara, wherever the heck you are in the world, you can do a toy drive too. And I walk through and showcase to people why it doesn't take money to do it. It just takes your cell phone, time and energy to rally the troops together, pick a location, pick a date and time, and tell everybody in the community to bring toys over. That's it. You're going to crush. You're going to, yeah. It just really motivates me to to give more, to do more yeah, with good. With my influence, like truly, it's 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 so awesome. Uh, talking about the cell phone, and I recently heard you talking about personal branding, which so many people listen to this show because they are trying to build a brand, and you are the king of this. You have a book. Talk yeah. talk about the book. So it's called How to Set Up Your Personal Brand for Under a Thousand Dollars. That's it, right? Wow, that makes it simple. So it's, yeah, it's disarming, right? That's the yeah. concept because. Everyone has a personal brand, whether they like it or not. Right. It's their job to decide, are they going to tell their story or let people gossip and rumor about them? Mm-hmm. And so I just walked through like, hey, I can do it right now really fast. I'll give you my 45-minute speech in two minutes. Ready? Yeah, please. Okay. Right now, in your pocket, you're listening to this podcast or you're watching on a computer or you're watching it on an iPhone or an Android. Congratulations. You have one of the nicest cameras in the history of the world in your pocket. Ready to go. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, Reels, Threads, free, 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 and free. So you have no excuse there. You already go to work. You already do your hobby. You already do pickleball. You already go to dinner with your girlfriends. Like you already do the things Mm -hmm. and you already have the fancy phone with the fancy camera and you already have all the platforms for free. What is your excuse? Making content about your real life. And if you don't want to show your kids, don't show your kids. Don't want to show your dogs? Don't show your dogs. But showcasing the world, the world that you go to and the things that you're doing, you're already doing it anyways. Mm-hmm. So I'm not asking you to take away any different time because you're already going to the restaurant with your friends. You're already going to play pickleball. You're already going to play basketball. You're already going to go do the real estate listing or the personal training. You're already going to go do the thing and you already have the camera and you already have the platforms. Yeah. just Where's your excuses? Just record. Yeah. Just pull out your phone. And people make it too overwhelming, like they need a fancy camera or fancy editing and unicorns and fireworks to come out of their video. You just don't. Mm-hmm. You need to make content about your real life. Using your phone is going to actually convert higher than a fancy camera ever will. And people will believe you and buy into you so that when someone says the word real estate, oh, yeah, maybe Emily does real estate. I thought I saw her post about it. Someone says personal training. Oh, Emily's a personal trainer. Like, yeah. If you showcase your world to them, you will stand out with what's called an emotional attachment. Mm-hmm. That's showcasing your life traveling, sports, eating, things like that. That's emotional attachment. Top of mind awareness is that they think about you in that moment when someone says that keyword, real estate, personal trainer, podcaster, speaker, author, you pop up. Mm -hmm. So do you believe in not just niching down, but showcasing more of your life? So that way, like I can really get to know you, not just like real estate you. Great example. Ready for this? Yes. All right. We're sitting here in Brentwood, right? There's probably 8,000 real estate agents in Brentwood. Uh-huh. What is the common theme with all 8,000 real estate agents in Brentwood, California? All of them were the number one real estate uh, agent in Brentwood, California. They're the best. Just ask them. Yes. All number one. Yeah. All 8,000 of them. The difference is in how you can stand out is, let's say that Emily is the real estate agent. 
Monday, she plays pickleball with her friends. Tuesday, she walks her dogs in Running Canyon. Wednesday night, her and her fiance go out. On Thursday, she takes her grandma out. Her grandma's in a wheelchair. It's so cute. They go to Thursday brunch. Friday rolls around and she has like a bake sale. When someone says the word real estate, I know Emily's dogs. Yeah. I know about her pickleball. I know her basketball. I know when she goes out with her fiance. I know she, she's so sweet with her grandma. So when someone says, hey, I'm looking for real estate in Brentwood, I think of Emily. Yep. I don't even know Emily. I've just been following her on social media for two years. And I refer her and someone buys a $2 million house. She makes $60,000 commission. She doesn't even know who Dan is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a personal brand. The, so I, I'm like getting so excited, shaking right now because, you know, so many people are like teaching out there, just do a, a only post about this. And I'm like, no, no, no. There's, there <laughs> is thought leaders that are prolific that they're, I'm getting more engagement than them because they only show them on stage. Right. Every single thing that they post is on stage. I want to see them, you know, at their home or, right. or in the backyard or with, I want to see the realness and that's what I did different in my first business when I started in network marketing. I didn't brand the company. I didn't talk about my freaking shakes all the time and supplements. I literally talked about me and my life. And that's what led to my first seven figure, you know, annual mm -hmm. business at 26 was because of that. Mm -hmm. It wasn't because I was, you know, some Emotional talking. Attachment. Yeah. It, and, and, and I just, people are, it seems like they're so afraid to show the real you. The real themselves, right? So Do you see that? What happens is people either think they're not interesting or it's boring because they live it. So you've been a plumber for 12 years. They think it's boring. Me and Emily have no idea how to fix a sink. I mean, don't even ask me. Right? Don't ask me. So <laughs> if we're following you and you teach us how to fix a sink, we're watching, right? That's so interesting. Yeah. So a lot of times people don't think that they are interesting or they are cool because they've done the same thing their whole life and they think it's boring. On the other side, they think that they're supposed to only post about business. Well, listen. If you only post about business, you become the boy who cried wolf. Everything can't be the best deal. It can't always be the best real estate listing. It can't always be the best sale. It can't always be the best discount. If in between there, you showcase walking the dogs. You showcase you playing basketball. You showcase you at the beach. You showcase you with your family. People buy from people that they know, like, and trust. That's right. I will know, like, and trust you if I see you with your grandma yes. and your dogs and your friends. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. It's like... I heard you speaking of this and it's like, I already know it. I already do it, but there's always another level. There's always another level. And you talk about adding value and like your social media, adding value and giving tips. And I heard you speak of this, like, you know, bro has a Lambo, but if he talks about and shows the photo of his old, you know, beat up, whatever Bronco or whatever we want to do, like the contrast of how he got there and then giving tips and, and that content resonates with somebody that's shareable. Talk to me about that and talk to me about like what actually makes people save it, share it, yep. comment. So two different photos. On the right side, there's the guy flexing in front of his new Lamborghini. And he just says like goals. Yeah. Okay. The comments there are going to be ripping him to shreds. Right. Because right. he's cocky. I can't believe cool. this. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's going to be a lot of rude things that are said yeah. in those comments. There will be a lot of engagement, not good engagement because... This is unattainable for 99.999% of people, and it's almost rude the way he's doing it. Now, same person over here has a 50-50 photo. On one side, he's standing in front of Lamborghini. The other side, it's him 20 years ago standing in front of that Ford Bronco. He's like, my first car was 1200 bucks. I bought it at a, at a repo, at an auction. 
after 20 years of doing this, this, and this, and this, and this in my work and all this hard work and dedication, I was finally able to buy my dream car. Mm. Oh. Those comments are going to be through the roof. Right. Oh my God, it's amazing. You're so inspiring. I want to be like you. I could do what you do. That, that's what the comments are going to be like. Mm. So over here, he's a douchebag. Over here, this is a legend, right? This yeah. is the guy that they're all aspiring to be. Mm. And it's just how you frame it. It's just how you frame it. And it was a couple of years ago where I looked at social and I'm like, I I really am going to be conscious about this. So everything I post, it's going to be, what is this going to do for her? And what I mean, her is like this mm -hmm. girl in the Midwest, I imagine. I'm just watching you. That yeah. she's, she's stuck right. and she wants to get, that's her. Like I yep. see her when I post. And so I changed in my mindset, like how I post. And it's not just like pretty picture of me. So, you know, cause we get into that of like, oh, let's make it look all pretty and perfect. Yep. And nobody wants that. Perfect is not relatable. It's not relatable. It is not. So you have an agency, right? Yep. Can you expand on that? Like you're, listen, hold on. He's like doing deals with like the Kardashians and I mean, my God, like when did you get into this? So Elevator Studio, I started a decade ago. So we spent over $60 million with influencers. The number's a lot higher now where we've done 110,000 paid posts and we'll do it with Kim and Kylie or we'll go do it with influencers that have 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 followers that are micro influencers. We W9 3,500 influencers in the last couple of years, Sheesh. which is hard to get W9s from influencers. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> like chasing cats. Uh, and so the agency has been my my main job for a decade. But I hired a high level CEO four years ago named Joey Carson um, because he did 30 years in the TV game. He was yeah. one of the inventors of reality TV. He did Simple Life with Paris Hilton, yes. Road Rules, Real World. Yes, he was a CEO for the first eight years at Buna Murray. So, anyways, I hired this high level CEO the quarterback four years ago. And that's when my life changed. What else happened four years ago? I started the mastermind. I started my fund. I started my syndicate. I started my speaking. Like everything started four years ago because I brought on a quarterback. So was it too expensive to go hire this guy that's mid six figures and equity and all these things? Or did it change my life and let me be free and not have to be locked in the office all the time oh. because there's someone handling it. So Elevator Studio, we've done the campaigns for DraftKings, Postmates, Lyft, Fashion Nova, Fit Tea, Sugar Bear Hair, Pretty Little Thing, Boohoo, Nasty, all these brands for years, some of them off and on and some of them full time. And so we were the agency of record for Oracle and BET Television, these types of brands for many years. Wow. So how does someone listening that has 10K followers get a brand deal? So the best thing to do is <laughs> to just reach out to the brands that they like. Yeah. Make a one page PDF about yourself. You can use like mediakits.com or one of those type of things that are free or cheap. Make like a one pager about yourself. And it's like a flyer and it says, I'm Emily. I've got 10,000 followers. I also have these other accounts. I like to blog about this and I like fashion and here's type of content. Here's some three of my best posts. My rates are $100 a post or 500 bucks a post or 200 bucks a post. And I'll do three unit or three package deals if you do this, or I'll do one month deals for a thousand bucks or two grand. So you spell out exactly how much you want to charge. Here's my email address. And if you want to put your phone number, put your phone number. If you're going to send it to a lot of people, don't put your phone number. And then you just start DMing that and emailing that to all the brands you like. You like fashion brands? There's thousands of them. Mm -hmm. There's actually hundreds of thousands of them, but there's thousands that you'd actually want to wear. And just say, if you're, and be very clear, I want to do this in trade for clothing. I want to do this for 500 bucks and send me three outfits. Like, yeah. just be really clear right in the very first sentence of what you're looking for. If you send out a hundred of those and only four respond, Guess what? You got four brand deals. So cool. You know how much it costs you to send 100 DMs? It rhymes with zero. Yeah. You, you're, you're probably <laughs> wasting the time anyway. Like, you know what I mean? Like, might as well make it profitable. 
Because I, I think a lot of people that I, even that I mentor and deal with, they just feel like they're not prolific enough. They don't. It's like you have to start somewhere. Most brands can't afford prolific. Okay. Right? So expand well, on that. Like how, how many brands, like when you see Kim and Kylie and all these yeah. celebrities, they do like one deal a year. Mm-hmm. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of fashion brands. There's thousands of water brands, yeah. energy drink brands, supplement companies, CBD brands, and everything mm-hmm. between consumer yeah. products, food brands, beverage brands. Go reach out to all of them. Yeah. Oh, motivating. Okay. So how often should I post? Okay. So ideally, you're just posting once a day. Okay. If you can post twice, sometimes that's okay. Don't feel the necessity of it. You need the once a day to have the top of mind awareness that we talked about. Mm -hmm. If something happens and you don't post on a day, it's okay. We'll be there tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still going to be here. What you don't want to do is get into a pattern of it, right? So the best way to avoid a pattern of it is save up photos and videos in your phone so on the days that you feel sick or you're off or you're traveling, you could still post mm-hmm. and you don't have to actually make new content. Mm-hmm. You can have five or 10 of those in your phone. It'll help you a lot. But ideally, once a day, and the biggest trick people say, what time should I post? Yeah. Post when people are awake. Ah. So 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. West Coast time. When people are awake, that's when you post. It's kind of like if a tree falls in the forest at 4 a.m. Yeah. And no one sees your post. No one sees <laughs> There's not yeah. good engagement. So just post when people are awake. Yeah, that's good. I, I We were just in... Um, speaking in Poland and London and all over the place. And I was like, I'm not posting right now. Are all my, most of my sleeping. main, they're all sleeping. Yeah. Like th- that's so smart. What about stories? Yeah. So key thing on stories, try to keep it under 15. When the dots get too small, oh, shoot, we skip right by you. I like them dots. Yeah. We skip right by you. Now, <laughs> if it's like a big event day yeah. or something's happening, it's like, you know, a launch or something's going on, you're at fashion week, like something's happening, Yeah, you can have more dots. You can have more posts and stories. But for the most part, just keep in mind, when someone's looking at stories, they are not in length mode. They're not there to watch a YouTube video. Uh, They're not there to watch a long format content. Right. If you've got 33 dots, 15 seconds each, that's five or six or seven minutes. I'm not there for that right now. Right. Instagram stories is, I want it to be fast. I want to see behind the scenes. I want to see your world. And so keeping it, to under 15 will help with engagement because people will actually watch it all. If there's too many dots, they choose none. Mm, so good. What about speaking? You're all over the place. Like you're speaking at everybody's masterminds, tons of events. Obviously now you have an events company. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone who wants to become a paid speaker? First things first is get good at whatever you're going to be talking about. Uh-huh. Do not need a curated speech. So I'm not saying to go write some 30 minute or 60 minute keynote, but Know what you're going to be talking about. Make slides if you're going to have slides. And really understand it and practice it. Yeah. How do you practice it? One, put on a camera, put on a phone, and just record yourself. Yeah. And the hard part, people hesitate, is now have three or four people watch that. Next thing you do is go try to get a free speaking gig. Yeah. Or throw your own little meetup, jump up on stage, have a couple other speakers, and you guys are all just effectively practicing. Yeah. They don't even have to know that's practice. You're just practicing by throwing an event, have 5, 10, 20, 30 people show up, and speak. Yeah. Practice and see what people react to. Did they laugh at your jokes? Did they get excited? Were they looking at their phone their whole time? Someone fall asleep? Like mm-hmm. you'll see it and learn it in real time by hosting your own little meetup, hosting your own little event. Yeah. Whether five people show up or 50 people show up, doesn't matter. But getting in and actually doing it is the biggest thing because now you'll have video content and photo content to then show to potential event organizers that might want to book you. Ooh, you got you guys, there's a common thread with you. It's like make 
your stuff happen. If it's not there, you make it happen. If there's no stage, you make a stage. If right. there's no following, you make a following. If there's no brand deal, you freaking start out somewhere. And like, this is what I love about you and how you teach and train. You're a great trainer in that way, because it's like, you're at this other level, but you can dumb down and go, no, 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 no. You have to make it happen. You, I mean, and, and so many people are over here like, I want to be a speaker. I want to do right. this. It's like, they wanna skip. I spoke in living rooms right. and poured my guts out. Yep. Like I was given a freaking Oscar award winning speech to yep. five people. Yep. And you know, one was breastfeeding the other one. I don't know what they were doing. Yep. And it, like, that's, you got to get in the reps, Yep, which is really how you're here today and why you're... I was speaking in living rooms too. Yeah. Yeah. You were selling Cutco knives, weren't you? Many years ago. <laughs> yeah. That was 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard that. that. Yeah. yeah. So cool. What about your family? Like you're, you're, you're married, right? Yeah. Wife. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so she wrote a book called the glute Bible. Yeah. She's uh, got, yeah. She, uh, she's Casey got it. Casey loves fitness. And so, yeah, I'm hoping she gets into the podcast world. She's already been speaking at events. Um, yeah. She's been amazing. We've been together for eight years now. Um, oh and then my mom, that's the only person I text every single day uh, and uh, try to see as often as I can. Oh my gosh. What are you most excited about? The world's largest toy drive. That that's, yeah. that's what's well, driving you. Well, Day-to-day, -day, the animals at the wild jungle is like my passion. That's what I really get excited about because um, it's just fun to like watch them grow. It's like having a real zoo in oh, my backyard. so cool. Um, but the toy drives were like what I'm, everything's leading up to. I'm throwing a big arena event, like my first big business conference, September 23rd in Salt Lake City. Okay. Um, I'm trying to fill up 7,000 people in arena for my first time. Okay, let's um, sell tickets. Yeah. Where do they go for that? Limitlessarena.com. Okay. We got Gary V. Ed Milet, Andy Frisella, David Goggins. There's so many speakers. Um, it's going to be a great event. And there's also going to be some, some very, very, very household name performance that's going to be happening. Uh -huh. um, very big name. And actually my favorite name is performing. Oh, <laughs> you can't tell us yet uh, though? Not yet. Okay. Um, surprise and delight. You yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that event is a one day conference with so many of the biggest names, Russell Brunson, like all in one day. So I'm really excited about that event. And it's my first time throwing a, a large format, 7,000 person event. But limitlessarena.com. Okay. Go there, get your tickets. And I, I what do you do though? I want to know if you feel down. So I have this thing I say, don't sit on the floor and cry about it. If I like sit down and actually think about like, I've had 36 friends pass away. I could get sad with you right now and like cry. If I stay active and think about what can I do? What can I, how can I help more people? How can I be active? That and I don't want to say it fades away, but you become too busy. Right. You have a breakup, right? You break up with a boyfriend or girlfriend or husband, mm -hmm. whatever. You're right to want to sit on the floor and cry about it. Mm -hmm. But if you immerse yourself and not necessarily get back out into dating, but like immerse yourself and stay busy and do things, it's less likely that you're going to sit on the floor mm -hmm. and cry. Mm -hmm. One of my companies was a sixty-five million dollar company, and on April fifteenth, it was something called Black Friday. It was an online poker site shut down. So April sixteenth in the morning, I had every right to sit on the floor and cry about it. <sighs> right. Instead. I was so busy for those next four days. I did like 80 interviews. I was calling everyone. I was figuring out how to like refund and manually pay back 41,000 people. I was doing all the things. I didn't shed a tear. I didn't think about it and cry about it. I just did all the action steps to move forward. And oftentimes people like go through these phases where something bad happens, which is going to happen often right, in your life. You're going to have tragedies. People totally. pass away, breakups. Well, a lot of things will happen in your world from business to personal. You have a decision to make. You can sit on the floor and cry about it. And by the way, nothing wrong with crying. I'm not saying not cry. Or totally. There's a very healthy format for that. Yeah. When people are holding things in, 
But the way I cope with things is I just immerse myself in moving forward. Yeah. Because I can't fix it, right? If someone passed right. away, I can't bring them back. Right. If there's a major breakup or a company fails or something happens tragic, the whole government shuts down online poker, I'm not fixing that. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to sit on the floor and cry about it because it just gives more time to the thing that does useless. Mm -hmm. I can't fix it. Right. What I can do is fix the, I'm going to get everything moving forward. And so that's what I dedicate my life to. Ah, oh, beautiful. What do you think your it factor is? Relentless. Relentless. I do it every day. Every. It's just math and time. I'm old, right? It's been 25 years of doing this. I'm not saying old like I'm old. I'm old in the game because I've been doing this for 25 years before there were cell phones. Mm -hmm. I had a pager. Right? <laughs> a pager. I, like when I started my company. Call I, me, beat there was me, no, page me. Yeah. Yeah. There was no social media when I started. There was no such thing as a smartphone. And so I was starting my companies selling t-shirts out in the streets and doing marketing. Like I was putting up stickers and posters on fences on the freeway. I love it. Right? Like, oh, and so I love this grit. <laughs> you don't even, I love it. Scrappy. It's like in my blood. I yeah. love it. It's the, it's the best. And that's why I want to invest in. I want to find people that have that. So now that you see like the cell phone and what we can do on social, are you just like, it's easy. <laughs> it's easy. Crazy. I can start, we can start pinkjackets.com tonight and be selling to Macy's and Nordstrom's and Saks Avenue next month. Okay. I can have meetings with them in a week from now. We could do 4 million bucks in sales and do it all with with lunch money, with barely any real capital because websites are cheap or free. Social media is all free. Setting up a corporation, LLC is 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks. Like we could start pinkjackets.com and just go crush it now with barely any money. Mm. Back then, it would cost me 50K, 100K. It would take me six months of waiting around before I got my, my samples. I could have those shipped from Alibaba tomorrow and have them in a week. Let's go. Right? Like, yes. It's, exciting, right? <laughs> it's so exciting. So you live in an interesting time. Yeah. We live in an interesting time. So your advice would be to show up, be visible, right? What else would you say if someone's sitting on their butt right now? So when I sign my books or I sign anything, I only use three words. Just get started. Mm. If you just get started and you go through what I just said, go make a website, go make your social media accounts, go make a business plan, go get your corporation, go open your bank account. None of that really costs any money. It just takes some time and energy. But if you do those five or six things, you'll blink your eyes like, whoa, I have a company. Yeah. I got pinkjackets.com. Yeah. I got pinkjackets.com LLC opened up at Wells Fargo or Chase Bank. I got a pretty business plan and here's my 10-page business plan. Like, you look like a real company. Seriously. Just from doing the things that don't really cost you any money. And so that's the biggest thing I tell people is research everything about, let's call it jackets in this case, research everything about apparel and then go start pinkjackets.com. So good. Where can people find you? Uh, so my social media is all the same. It's just at Dan Fleischman. Yeah. Uh, what's important to people is try to keep the same screen name across every platform. If you're wearing a pink jacket in one photo, make sure it's in every single photo. Yeah. People need to remember you right away. And that's it. That's my screen name. And then you've got your podcast. That's crushing. Like good. number one? Yeah. Number one. Number one entrepreneur podcast. Number three in the business category. I can't get past three because Dave Ramsey just oh, geez. puts out an episode every day. So you can't beat that oh, algorithm. Oh, Dave. God bless him. I can't beat that uh, algorithm. I'm not uh, going to try. It's too many episodes. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's called The Money Mondays. And we keep it short and sweet. It's 40 minutes or less. And I just talk about how to make money, how to invest money, and how to give it away to charity. So good. Thank you for being here. Oh, Thank great. you for being you. Pleasure. I really, <laughs> I just want you to take that in. I believe wholeheartedly that your vision is going to come to pass yeah. because you're diligent and you're doing things for the right reasons and you you serve people on such a high level and it's really humbling so 
appreciate it. And I'm just proud of you. I really am. So I just want to tell you that. Thank you so much for being here and for doing all you do because you've touched so many lives. Thank you. Yeah.